Welcome to Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. It's the classic Jesus music radio show. It's a look back at where it all began. This is Full Circle, looking back at the beginnings of today's contemporary Christian music. Now, Now, here's your host, Jerry Bryant. Hi everybody, this is Jerry Bryant. Welcome to another episode of Full Circle, the classic Jesus music radio show, taking you back to where it all began. You'll be hearing the first of a two-part interview with veteran Jesus musician and longtime friend of the show, Bill Kagi. So stay tuned. Can feel that warmth inside. 
Now I Can See, from the 1973 debut solo album called What a Day, reflecting the changes that the Lord had begun to work inside of Phil Kiggy. And for those of you who don't know, here's a little background on Phil. Born on March 23rd of 1951, he was raised in a small farmhouse in Hubbard, Ohio, with nine brothers and sisters. Phil started playing guitar at the age of 10 and was in numerous garage rock bands in the 60s, including The Squires, Volume 4, which later became New Hudson Exit. And in 1968, Phil and his longtime childhood friend, who played drums, John Safara, along with bass player Stephen Markelin, formed a band called Glass Harp. A year later, Markelin left the group to join his cousin Joe in another successful Youngstown band, The Human Beings. Keggy and Safara then recruited bass player Dan Pecchio. A major turning point for the trio was when they won an Ohio area's Battle of the Bands contest. One of the event's judges happened to be an associate of producer Louis Mirenstein, who had made records for the likes of the Spencer Davis Group, the Mamas and the Papas, Gladys Knight and the Pips and Van Morrison. The judge persuaded Lewis to fly down from New York to listen to the band in concert. And upon hearing Glass Harp perform, he persuaded Decca Records to sign Glass Harp to a Malta record deal. Between 1970 and 1972, they released three albums, had the opportunity to open up for some of the top groups of the day, including Chicago, Yes, Traffic, and Grand Funk Railroad, among others. During his years with Glass Harp, Phil had written some Christian-themed lyrics on some of the songs. But on August 6th of 1972, Phil played his final show with Glass Harp before embarking on a solo career having found an audience among the Jesus movement scene. I'd like to note that in the 80s up to the present day, Phil has reunited with John and Dan playing gigs as Glass Harp from time to time. Both of them have come to the Lord as well, and they still enjoy making music together now and then. But let's rewind back to the opening song, Now I Can See, as I ask Phil to recall how he came to know Jesus in a real and personal way. Full circle. Full circle. Full circle. Well, it was 1970, the uh, month of February, the weekend of Valentine's Day, and I was playing with Glass Harp down in Maryland. I got word the next day when I got home that my mom and dad and sister were in a car accident. It was a head-on collision, and uh, mom sustained the worst of it, the worst of the injuries. And as they described it to me, it was it was pretty terrible, head-on and everything. And so she was in the hospital. My sister Mary Ellen flew over to Ohio from Phoenix, Arizona, and she was with us. And the family started joining together and rallying for mom and everything. And, Dad got out of the hospital and he survived it and Sister Jerry got out of the hospital, survived it. 
mom was still in the hospital. I went to play the next weekend, and I had visited her in the hospital. And uh, when I played the next weekend, I got home four o'clock in the morning, and all the lights were on. The whole family was assembled together in the living room, and they said mom passed away. And I just, I just hit the floor and broke down. I just, it devastated me. So I was 18 years old, and my world was the band and guitar and trying to achieve something in the world of music. And all of a sudden I realized that one of the most important people in my entire life was my mom and my dad. My mom's encouragement was really amazing though. And she even assisted Glass Harp with management, and, you know, and helping us with the books and bookings. She was that dedicated to my life of music. So I lost a great friend and a supporter there. And so there was a funeral and I remember that morning of the funeral, I was staying at a friend's house and he had a clock radio. A song would come on, it would be, the station would turn on. And it was Bridge Over Troubled Water by Simon and Garfunkel. It just come on the radio as a hit. And that song, every time I heard it for the next two years, I remembered that day and I'd get very emotional. But because of the whole experience and tragedy, my oldest sister, Mary Ellen, she took time to share the Lord Jesus with me, and that's where I came to know the Lord, through her influence, through her testimony and her, her example, her love, her joy, her peace in the midst of all this. And she took me and my younger sister, Jerry, to a, a service. My heart was so open to, to God, and I needed peace, and I really wanted to have some direction in my life. And, and I heard the gospel, and my sister nudged me, saying, hey, why don't you go up? Why don't you go up and give your life to Jesus? And so I did. Went home, thought about it, mauled everything over in my mind, in my heart, in my spirit. And then I put on Presence of the Lord by Blind Faith and listened to it over and over again. And that was the, all of a sudden I heard that song with different ears. Uh, things changed inside of me. I had hope, I experienced some relief, a burden lifted from my shoulders. Then I just started to read the Bible and I started to meet other brothers and sisters who were just so encouraging to me. I grew. I began to write songs about my newfound faith. That was how I was born again. Now I can see what he wants me to see. I then shall be This is Full Circle. You're listening to Full Circle, where I'm reflecting memories and music of the early years of contemporary Christian music. And I've been talking to my special guest, Bill Kagey, where I ask him about his first introduction to popular music and what influenced him musically. My brothers were coming home from work with a new 45 RPM. I was just, you know, four or five years old, I recall. And they, uh, Dave loved classical. Bill and Mike loved Elvis and Fats Domino. But uh, I, I remember Bill and Mike and Dave being avid record collectors. So I was around music. Of course, my sister sang, Mary Ellen, and every time she'd come home from Hollywood, which was where she was working as an actress, uh, she would love to sing songs, and so it was delightful being surrounded by so much music. And, and when I saw Elvis on the Ed Sullivan show, I go, whoa, 
You know, everybody made a big issue of his hips, right? But I thought his voice and the songs had so much great energy. So then there was other people along the way, Everly Brothers, and uh, and I loved the R&B songs of that period too. You know, I got into Booker T and the MGs, and then surf music came on the scene and stuff like that. But what got me really going was, you know, uh, I believe Elvis, and then the British Invasion, you know, the Beatles. And, and at the same time, you know, I started listening to um, more jazz and classical music too. Bill later went on to share how he ended up getting his first guitar instead of the drum sets that he was expecting. Uh, I wanted a set of drums for my 10th birthday, and my dad brought home a, a Sears Silvertone $19 special. My brother Dave gave me my first guitar lessons. In actuality, the only guitar lessons really that I, I think I got something out of from somebody else. Pretty much after he push-started me, then I... I learned a lot of stuff by playing with other guitar players and watching them. And we would be showing each other our licks, things that we learned. Hey, did you ever see this chord before? And stuff like that. One of my friends, Renee McRae, when I was just in seventh grade, we used to, you know, nose to nose, you know, showing each other these licks and chords and things. And, and then John Safara and I became pretty close and we taught each other stuff on guitar. We used to get together with our acoustics. Uh, but that was it, you know, and I just kept growing and kept listening to more musicians in the 60s and guitar players. And I let everyone and everything that I thought was delightful to listen to, I let it influence me. Like Phil just shared, one of the influences on him was a quartet from Liverpool, England called The Beatles. Here with a definitive nod to the Fab Four, a song from his Crimson and Blue album, called Love Divine on Full Circle. Never knew such a love could be found. It's so amazing. I can taste, I can feel, I can see for I am facing love divine. You are mine. Let the world go walk on by. Here I'll stay. Let it break. Let it fall on me again. Human Sounds, but we'll hold things just beyond me. Love. 
And what, what am I gonna say? I mean, never knew such a love could be found. It's so amazing. It's been said so many times in so many ways. It's a, it's a, it's a light song. It could be taken as just a bit of fun, you know. But I guess what it comes down to is there's a difference between human love and agape love. Human love has its limitations. In fact, human love is selfish. Affection and romance and uh, friendship and family, you know, love, all these things, they're limited because of our humanness. God's love is unselfish. It's um, unconditional. And uh, in when God's love, divine love, agape love, invade our lives, it brings the other loves in our life to fulfillment, it makes them richer, makes them more complete. God showed His love to us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Unconditional love, that we're not worthy of this kind of love, but He wants to give it to us. He wants us to be partakers of this love of His. We've just sampled an interview segment from the Crimson and Blue radio special from back in 1993 when the album first came out. Full circle. Full circle. That isn't a new Paul McCartney song, but a fitting musical homage to the Beatles. From Phil Kagey, my special guest on this episode of Full Circle. You may notice that like many of the interview shows I've done in the past, I like to keep my comments short and sweet, leaving ample room for the artist's own musing regarding their formative years in Jesus music. Phil shared some of his special memories of the Jesus movement, and reflected on others like himself who were using their musical talents to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with anyone who would listen. I asked him if there was a special moment musically for him in those early days of ministry, and here's what he had to say. Oh, I sure do. Uh, the time that I got the call from Jay Truex from Love Song, he and I talked on the phone and he said, hey, would you be available to play guitar on a tour for us? Love Song in 1973. And I said, well, you know, let me talk it over with my, my brand new bride. You know, I just married Bernadette in July 73. And this tour was going to start, I think, around September. We decided, yeah. A month after we got married, we got in a van and drove off to the West Coast and drove directly to the tent where Calvary Chapel was originally. And I knew the songs, you know, the songs from the first and the second album, Final Touch as well as the first Love Song album. And it was just fantastic. I just felt like I fit in, you know, like a comfortable slipper. Had my Les Paul, had my songs learned. And then they worked up one of my songs, a tune called Lift Your Hands. You know, I thought Love Song was a fantastic vocal group. As was Second Chapter Vax, who I got to meet January of 75 and played on three of their albums and one of Matthew's albums. And, uh, and they sang on one of my albums, uh, Love Broke Through. But, you know, I started uh, touring uh, with a lot of different artists. Paul Clark, Love Song, Second Chapter, Honey Tree. Did a lot of dates with Petra in those early days. Randy Stonehill and Larry Norman. And I tell you, it was really a beautiful time to to know Jesus and to be young and enthusiastic and share the gospel with our music and pray with people. You know, we weren't just 
entertainers anymore. We we weren't just musicians anymore. We wanted to see lives changed, and the good news of Jesus Christ is the best news we've got. You know, with a special present from Phil himself to you, the listener of the Full Circle Jesus Music Radio Show. Here's an unreleased 1975 demo recording of the song he wrote that he used to do with Love Song a few years after that tour. Phil expounding on the attributes of God with the song, Lift Your Hands. He made the mountains and he made, he made the sea. And he made the heavens and the stars for his glory.
Your hands, an unreleased demo recording from my special guest Phil Kagi from 1975, written while on the road playing with the Veteran Jesus Music Group called Love Song. And speaking of hands, or in this case fingers, did you know that when Phil was four years old, he had a run-in with one of those big old water pumps that one would encounter on a farm? Being the adventurous boy that he was, he was climbing on top of it one day, and as he was kneeling on top of the platform, it broke, and the faucets came crashing down on his finger and cut it off. Now Phil can still remember very vividly as it happened yesterday. He can still see his dad running down the hill, rescuing him, taking him to the hospital, and he recalls having a gigantic white cast and bandage. They tried to sew the finger back on. And it didn't take. So he grew up with nine fingers, and that is what makes his talent even more amazing.
be special because it was my first solo cherished memories of those days because it was my first solo you know achievement and venture into playing everything I mean I'd done that with real to real sound on sound recordings you know uh, multi-tracking but not multi-tracking until that album What a Day to me is uh, it's a song I wrote probably because of my mom's passing and going home to heaven and believing that she is there if God be for us who can be against us I mean it just always the loving kindness of God, He's for us. He's not against us. And uh, so the idea that we will be reunited really always meant a lot to me. And I penned that song um, back when I did, recorded it back when I did, toured with it. I've been playing that song for, oh, at least 43 years now. I sang it at my father's homecoming service, and I sang it at my sister Peg's homecoming service. I have a friend who says, I want you to sing that song at my service. <laughs> He's still with us, though. Thank God. So anyway, <clears throat> you know, it was it was like you know it was like a, a young kid wanting to imitate McCartney, but put some real good news in it. You know, Phil Kagi's debut record, "What a Day." And for those of you who listened very closely, that version of the song sounds a little different, as it is from the newly released "What a Day" 40th anniversary CD which has been remastered and now sounds better than ever. You can get one of those at the store on Phil's website, which is at www.philkagey.com. That's philkagey.com. He's offering it for a donation of your own amount, plus shipping and handling charges. Full circle. Full circle. Full circle. Hi, everyone. This is Phil Kagey. And you're listening to Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. 
This is Jerry Bryant, and I hope you're enjoying my interview with my special guest, Bill Kagey, on this episode of Full Circle. And don't forget, this is just part one of my interview because I'll have Phil back again as my guest on my next episode. Now, would you like to make that possible? Well, you can, because this is a listener-supported Jesus Music Radio show. And even though you can listen to 200 past episodes on my website or at the iTunes store, the next episode depends on you. If you'll help with your financial support, go to www.fullcirclejesusmusic.com. Then use the PayPal button and send whatever you feel the Lord would have you. It's greatly appreciated, and it really will help out. That's www.fullcirclejesusmusic.com. And thanks. I'm continuing my conversation with my special guest, Bill Kagey. We got to talking about many of the other Jesus music artists who he befriended during those formative years of the early Jesus movement and Phil began to list some special connections. E-band, Greg X. Foles, you know, singing If a Child. I thought that was really good stuff. I enjoyed meeting Paul Clark around 73. Actually, I was on tour with Love Song, meeting Paul Clark. And I appreciated his heart and his uh, desire to share the gospel story through his songs. And so um, Honey Tree also got to know her and wrote a couple songs for her and with her. Her album, uh, the first one she did, I thought was a beautiful album. Had Clean Before My Lord on it. You know, we were all fans of, you know, James Taylor, Phoebe Snow, the Staples. I also came to know Bruce Coburn, but not for another couple of years. And I loved his stuff, you know. His stuff was inspiring to me, his early acoustic work and songwriting. Mark Hurd, got to know Mark Hurd. Oh, around that time, around the time I met Tom Howard, you know, I'd say mid-70s. But if you keep going back to the very early days, you know, I would say, yeah, Randy and Larry and Love Song. And and at the same time, you know, I started listening to um, more jazz and classical music, too. I wasn't just listening only to um, Christian music. You know, I was listening to what McCartney came out with next, you know. But I was influenced by, you know, came to know Pat Metheny and Alan Holsworth and, you know, uh, Kansas. Down the road, became friends with Carrie Livgren. These were, these were all very influential people back in those days. I liked, you know, what Dogwood was doing. I enjoyed what Mylan was doing. And Russ Taff came on the scene, and I thought, Russ has got a great voice. There's loads of people. And out of all of those collaborations, the one that always stands out for me were the two albums that Phil helped Paul Clark with, 1974's Come Into His Presence and 1975's Good To Be Home. Also joining him on those projects were Bill Spear on piano, Jay Truex on bass, and John Mailer on drums, the latter two being members of Love Song. With a song from the first of these two efforts, Paul Clark, He'll Do the Same, which highlights Phil's amazing lead guitar work on Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. Turn the water into wine. He 
Unmistakable guitar work of my special guest, Bill Kagey, on the Paul Clark song, He'll Do the Same, on Full Circle, where I'm taking you back to where it all began. And you can hear my interview with Paul Clark when you go to www.fullcirclejesusmusic.com and check out episode number 170 using my playlist button. This is Jerry Bryant, and, well, I decided to break with DJ Protocol and pick out one of my favorite Phil Kagey songs. It's a concert staple of his. 
and it was the closing track on his album Town to Town. It's also one of Phil's favorite as well. He's even re-recorded it several times after this 1981 release, once in 1986 for the Way Back Home album, and more recently in 2011 for the Live from Kegworth Studio CD. Phil lets us in on the inside story behind this timeless song. That's a piece that I'm, I love. You know, I love the melody. Few things, few events came together that brought that song about. Living in Leewood, Kansas at the time, uh, a dear friend and brother named Bruce Coleman had Hodgkin's disease, and but he and his wife Nancy prayed over me and Bernadette before we moved to Kansas City while we still lived in upstate New York and prayed over us because we had lost babies three times. First time triplet boys. Uh, a year later, a baby boy lived three days, Ryan, and then a miscarriage a year after that. So we were disheartened and very disillusioned, but this couple, they, they had this faith for us. And they laid hands on us, they prayed for us on one of the visits we had to Kansas City. Actually, it was a, a booking. I had done a concert with Paul Clark, and it was uh, there at the end of that afternoon show. I remember them standing over us and just saying, hey, we just want you to know we've been praying for you. And, and we got talking and sharing with them, and, and that's what happened. They just prayed over us. And so Bruce became a very dear friend, always encouraged me. I remember one time, I here he is with Hodgkin's disease, and he doesn't have great wind capacity, and he's bringing me orange juice, fresh squeezed, you know, with cayenne, a few shakes. While I'm running the marathon, every couple miles he'd show up with it, you know, with fresh juice. And that was like uh, May 1980. Yep, I think that's when it was. August 1980, August 10th, he passed away. And so it wasn't wasn't but a couple weeks after that that I wrote that song. I was riding my bike down Lee Boulevard and saw these hot air balloons, and my imagination went wild when I saw the saw those balloons. And I uh, I picked up speed and I tried to get closer, but they were disappearing. I just wanted to get a closer look at those hot air balloons. Came home and I wrote that song. And the idea of one day we shall see Jesus face to face, because that's His promise to us. It's a glorious day and it's a reality that many that we know and love and have loved uh, are experiencing. So my faith says it's not over because there's clouds of witnesses, there's those who've gone on before, they're in His presence. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So those who've died loving Jesus you know, is taken care of by Jesus. The song has deeper meaning to me more now than it did even when I wrote it back 34 years ago. Uh, and that is the reality that God loves every single soul, and Jesus died for every single one of us. And uh, I believe that the Lord is not the loser. I believe the Lord will love us and uh, show us. You know, He chooses us, and uh, I do believe there's going to be a whole lot more uh, celebrating His mercy and redemption than we can even imagine. It gives me hope for all of us. Chasing down hot air balloons on Sunday morning. In pace with a familiar tune, I reach for nothing less but something more. All the day. And the wind is at my most of the way Yeah, yeah, yeah 
everything else go. Bill Kagey. Inspired by Romans chapter 10 verses 8 through 10, the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So why don't you just surrender all your troubles to God. This is Jerry Bryant, and if you've just tuned in, my special guest on Full Circle is Bill Kagey. And this next song 
comes from his sophomore album called Love Broke Through. It's amazing that of all of Phil's albums that have something special about them, either instrumental or vocal recordings, they all carry his own distinct signature. In fact, he's released more than 50 albums and contributed to many more recordings in both the contemporary Christian music and mainstream markets. He's a seven-time recipient of the GMA Dub Award for Instrumental Album of the Year. He was twice nominated for a Grammy Award for the Best Gospel Rock Album of the Year. Here's Phil to tell us more about a song from 1976 called Disappointment. Well, I found disappointment in an old book of uh, spiritual poetry. Uh, I remember that. in uh, Edith Lillian Young, if I'm not mistaken, is the author of that. And uh, it was 1975, and we had just lost the triplets. And I found that poem. In that poem, I, I shared it with Bernadette. It, it comforted us, and I put it to music so I would always remember it. Disappointment from Phil Kage's 1976 album, Love Broke Through, produced by Buck Herring, who was the producer of the group The Second Chapter of Acts. And speaking of Love Broke Through, well, it seems fitting to ask Phil to elaborate on this classic Jesus music album, which is a must-have for anyone who seriously enjoys the music from this era. So, 
Buck was putting the band together for the Lubbrook Through album, which was A-team stuff and A-list guys, you know. Leland Sklar on bass and Jim Gordon on drums and Larry Nechtel on keys. Michael Omardian was involved. And Mylon came to visit, and Buck, I think he invited him to sing on the album. He sings on Lubbrook Through, Abraham, Take Me Closer, I believe. He, he's, his voice might be on there. Uh, Nellie didn't sing on that album, but Annie and Matthew did. First, I wasn't sure if he fit with what I was doing, but it turned out to sound beautiful because he's truly a pro. So, here to close out part one of my back-to-back two-part interview episodes featuring special guest Bill Kagey, the song written by his good friend Randy Stonehill and the late Keith Green, the Jesus music classic, Your Love Broke Through, on Full Circle. the 
Be sure and listen for my next episode of Full Circle, featuring part two of my interview with special guest Bill Kagey. And if you would, please send in your support for this radio ministry at www.fullcirclejesusmusic.com. That's fullcirclejesusmusic.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, keep your eyes to the sky and let your light shine. This is Jerry Bryant. Full Circle is recorded in the Jesus Solid Rock Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. Written by Russell Baum and engineered by Jeff Kane. Full Circle is a JSR production. This is Full Circle.